This morning, we're going to talk about prayer. Uh, it's, a, it's a topic that I love. And we're going to cover a couple of different things. Uh, and we might cover it in a little bit of depth this morning, because I'm going to be speaking from lessons I've learned from other pastors, from my own research and experience, and from a series that uh, a friend of mine, Carl Harris, he's an AG evangelist, uh, taught years and years ago. So what is prayer? Talking to God. It's pretty simple, isn't it? And I'm going to emphasize the with, talking to, talking with God this morning, because it's supposed to be a two-way conversation, right? So the first part of this, what is prayer, is how do we pray? Let's take a look at Luke 11, verses 1 to 4. In the New King James Version, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, When you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and do, us not, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So when the apostles asked Jesus to teach them to pray, he gave them the model of prayer called the Lord's Prayer that we pray today. And one of the things that I've always noted about this prayer is it's short and it's simple. It's not flowery, it's not you know, doesn't cover a whole lot. Martin Luther said, the fewer the words, the better the prayer, which I think is great advice. We can talk to God in everyday language, just like we talk to a friend. We don't have to pray long, flowery, flowery prayers. I can't talk this morning, I'm sorry. Um, God delights in the simple word of praise, like, Lord, I love you. He answers the simplest requests. Lord, give me strength for today. And boy, I've prayed that a hundred times this morning. Give me strength for today. Uh, he'll answer the mother's prayer. Heal my child. And he'll even answer the simple prayer, help me, Lord. You know, how many of us have prayed that? You know? First time I ever prayed that was spinning in a circle on Route 30 in my car going, and going to work in the snow. That worked out all right, by the way. <laughs> um, you don't have to speak in the language of the Kim, King James to pray, I guess is what I'm saying. God is our Father. He meets us right where we are, and He speaks to us in a voice we understand. Now, one of the things I think is important is that you need to pick a place and be consistent to pray. I mean, I pray every morning in the morning because I'm awake and I'm pretty alert and I've had my coffee and, you know, I'll go sit on my couch and pray to God. My friend Carl Harris used to say, get yourself a stump. And he meant to pick a place where you go every day the same time and, and pray. 
I'll give you an example. My stepdaughter, Kim, she used to meet with her dad every day, or not every day, every month for breakfast. And they didn't text to set it up or anything. They had a day. She went, he was there. She went to the restaurant, he was there. It's the same way with God. If you pick a place, same place, same time, every day, you'll find that he'll meet you there. As a matter of fact, you'll find that he'll be waiting for you there. So this, this walk that we have is, is supposed to be all about relationship. So if you're going to have a relationship, you know, it's like eating with your family every day, which I know a lot of families don't do that anymore, but, or having breakfast with your wife or, or whatever. Be consistent. Do it consistently. Build that relationship. The other thing is, if you're going to sit, sit and pray at a certain time, read Scripture. Pray the Scripture. Don't pray looking for specific answers always. You know, God seldom answers our prayers with exactly what we want or in exactly the way we want. It's most always what we need instead. You know how pastor always says, come expecting. He always asks us, the worship team, when we get here in the morning before all you come to practice, he says, are you expecting? Have you come expecting? Pray expecting. Pray the same way. Pray that expectant prayer. God's going to do something for you. Prayer becomes exciting when we keep our eyes open looking for something to happen. Now, don't pray out of doubt or fear. God doesn't work out of doubt and fear. Uh, what, what's, what's our song? How many saw you, of you saw the sign coming in this morning? What's it say, Kurt? You put it up. And it pretty much says, fear not. So don't pray out of fear. How many of you are praying about this land situation with the, with the township? I, I know I am. How are you praying? Don't pray, oh Lord, please don't allow the township to do this to our church. That's not right. That's praying out of fear. Faith tells us that God's got this. We need to pray for his will for the church and thank him for providing for us because that's what he does. I can tell you 10 stories about someone walking into a church service and saying, hey, God told me you need money for a new church. Here it is. That, that's happened on a smaller scale here already, hasn't it? We had a, a couple that matched our donations for the building fund. God is a big God. He will do more than we expect. Now let's take a look at that Lord's Prayer again, but this time let's look at it in Matthew 6, verses 9 to 15. Jesus says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I'm going to include verse 14 in there because it says, For if you forgive men that when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Uh-oh. That's pretty scary. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it kind of jerks your chain, brings you up short. 
If you're harboring unforgiveness in your heart, don't expect God to answer your prayer. Okay, back to prayer. Probably you've never heard of a Baptist pastor called Larry Lee, L-E-A, Lee. He came up with an outline of how to pray the Lord's Prayer. Now, he's been involved in a lot of controversy, but like most people, a lot of what he says is good, and I think his, his template was good. So if we take a look at that, keeping Matthew 6 in mind, he says, first, worship God. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Start your prayer by praising God. Pray for his will on earth. That's second. From the world leaders to our nation, to our local government, to our church, we're all subject to God's will, even if people don't think so. Third, pray for your family's needs. That's our daily bread. Now, it's, it's okay to pray for what you need. Uh, some people don't think so, I think. Some people get, get away from that. It's okay to say, Lord, bless my wife, help my wife, help my children, do this, you know, those kind of things. Fourth, pray about your debts. Now, that's not really about money, although it can be. It's more about grudges and pettiness. And then fifth, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Ask forgiveness for your sins, bind the devil. And then lastly, praise God again, his kingdom, his power, his glory. So, so prayer is, is all about praising God, talking with him, speaking with him about certain things in our life, praying for our church, praying for our nation, praying for our friends, our family, praying for our sins, because we all sin every day. We can't walk out of here without doing it, I'm afraid. You know, and, and thank God he's provided a way for us to be forgiven of those sins. Now, prayer isn't a one-time thing. I know some people say, well, pray the prayer once and then let God handle it. Well, let's go to Luke 11, verses 5 to 8. And now I'm jumping to the New Living Translation. It says, then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You've all heard this story. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. You know, in those days they kind of all slept together in one bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persis persistence. King James says what? Because of your importunity. I think this speaks to how often you ask for the same thing. The word importunity comes from import importunate. Love those old, old words. You know what it means? Troublesome. This guy keeps... He won't go away. Sorry, that probably messed up your live stream, right? Uh, and by the way, good morning, Rose. But he wouldn't go away. He just kept banging and banging and banging. Now, he was friends. They were friends. But 
he didn't do it out of friendship. He did it because he was being a pain in the neck and he wouldn't go away. So he gave him whatever he needed. Look at Luke 17, verses 2 to 5. You've all heard this story. There was a judge in a certain city. He said, I'm sorry, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, meaning Jesus, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. How many of you pray for something and nothing happens and say, well, it must not be God's will? Do you know that? We don't know that. And we, we stop. And whenever I hear this, I, I think about Phil and Marina, and they're, they're not here this morning. Uh, Phil and Marina have been praying for salvation for their kids and their kids' families forever. Right, Marlene? Forever. They've made some progress. As soon as they make progress, what happens? The enemy attacks. And you have to fight back, so you go back to prayer again. Now, you think Phil and Marina are going to stop praying for their kids? I don't think so. And those of you who know, who know them... They, they can pray. Now, praying for the same thing repeatedly is not the same thing as vain repetition that we, that we hear about. To me, vain repetition is like a magic incantation. You know, you're saying the same thing over in the, in the thought that you were taught to say that and that's going to get God to do something. And we all know that's not how God works. God isn't a genie in a, in a lamp. So, we're supposed to continue to pray for things. Now, in Matthew 7, verses 7 to 8, Jesus said, Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. One of my pastors used to say, don't give up on your miracle two minutes before it happens. So don't stop praying. Now, God does not always answer prayer right away, correct? God does not always answer prayer the way we want him to. I, I often go to what Marlene teaches. You know, if, if, if everybody stayed alive that we prayed for healing, this would be a pretty crowded place. So not everybody that you pray for is going to be healed. See, it's, it's God's will. It's not our will. And there's a lot of scripture that says God doesn't think like us. His thoughts are higher than ours. We think about the immediate. We think about what's affecting us today. We think about what's affecting our family. Now, what does it take to pray on that daily basis and not to pray just because you want something but to keep on praying about something? It takes faith, right? Hebrews 11, 6, another verse we've all heard a thousand times, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists 
and that he rewards those who sincerely seek them. Seek him. What scripture call faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's one of those ingredients that you just can't leave out of prayer. It's, it's kind of like, um, oh man. It's kind of like noodles and pot pie. If you don't put noodles in Popeye, what do you have? Basically chicken soup, right? So, so it's, a, it's a main ingredient. Like, like any recipe, it's a main ingredient. But faith is even more important than that. Let's look at another passage of Scripture that we've all heard many, many times. Mark 5, 21 to 24. It says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Now, we've all heard sermons about this woman's faith. I don't, know, I don't know if you've really thought about this passage or not. First of all, it says she, she had given all her money to doctors and hadn't gotten better. So she was poverty-stricken. She had been sick for 12 years, bleeding for 12 years. So she was weak. This was a terminal disease. This wasn't something that going to get better from and, and move on. She, was in a, she had to push through a crowd. Now, you know, it's easy to say the word crowd. I want you to think of the York Fair 40 years ago on uh, Children Get In Free Day with 40 buses from Baltimore. Okay? That's the crowd. For those of you that are too young, you missed something wonderful. Um, that's the crowd. So it wasn't just kind of, it was, it was, she actually had to push people out of the way. She was, she was in danger of losing her life because she wasn't supposed to be there. She wasn't supposed to be pushing people out of the way. She wasn't supposed to be touching anybody. And in the Jewish faith, she was poor, she was sick, she was unclean. She was kind of over there. You stay over there. We don't want to, we don't want to deal with you. And yet, she pushed through to touch Jesus. I, I you know, what's, what's Scripture say in Leviticus 17? The life is in the blood. Right? God says don't drink blood, don't eat anything with the blood in it because the life is in the blood. I mean, this woman's life had been pouring out for 12 years. And yet she pushed her way through the crowd and touched Jesus. That's faith. And then, and then you've got Jesus whipping around saying, who touched me? And, and his, his, his disciples are saying, like, what, are you crazy? You've you got a thousand people here. They're all touching you. Well, Jesus knew that she had touched him, just like God knows when you come to him in prayer. Now, how do you get that kind of faith? Yeah, you can answer. How do you get that kind of faith? By reading 
God's word, by praying God's word, by talking to God, by listening to God, by being consistent and praying every day, and finding that stump where God will meet you. That, that's a great feeling, you know. When you, when you go to prayer and you know God's there, you can feel it. So keep going back there. Sometimes it takes a long time. It's not that God doesn't want to give it to you. It takes God's time. Sometimes the answer is the one you thought it should be. What did you say in, in uh, Sunday school this morning, Marlene? How does God answer prayer? You've got to be kidding. And, and what's that song? Thank God for unanswered prayer, right? That, that was an, old, an older song. Um, but look what's happening to you while you're doing that. You're building your faith. And you're building, as, as uh, Calvin's dad used to say, you're building character. Remember Calvin and Hobbes? Okay, now let's go back to Luke. Luke 11, 11 and 13. Jesus said, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Mark 7, 11 says pretty much the same thing. God desires to answer prayer. That's his desire. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given us the means, Jesus, to come to him. I mean, why bother? If he wasn't going to answer prayer, why, why give us the means to, to come to him? Last week was Father's Day, and, and Pastor Jeff gave it a great sermon about fathers. God is our father, and he's a good father. You think he wants to give us bad stuff? If you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, right? God will speak to you. Now, you're not going to hear a booming voice. I, I, I often, I've thought about this a lot, and I think God speaks to you in the only voice you can understand. He speaks to you in your voice. I mean, when you're thinking about something, like if you're thinking about where you're going to go to eat after the sermon, whose voice are you hearing in your head? Your voice, right? Husbands, maybe it's your wife's voice. I don't know, but, but you're hearing your voice. God speaks to us in the only voice you understand. Who else speaks to us in that same voice? The enemy. So what do you have to do with, with things that you hear from God when you're praying? You have to run it by Scripture. God will never tell you something that disagrees with his word. Never. So if you, if you have a friend that said, well, God told me to divorce my husband and marry this man. No, he didn't. I mean, I, I will guarantee you that God will not tell you something that goes against Scripture. Now, the next thing, the next little topic is pray in Jesus' name. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. Let's look at the structure of the prayer. Well, I think we need to pray in Jesus' name. Well, look at, look at John 16, verse 23. It says, in that day you will ask me nothing. This is Jesus speaking. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. 
Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I, when I no will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said to him, see, now you're speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now, how many of you understand that? Let me set it up for you. Jesus had just told his disciples that he would be leaving them, and they finally realized what he meant. You know, he, he told them a dozen times, and they didn't get it. Um, but there's something, he's telling them they would not be alone. What does he tell them? In that day, you will ask me nothing. He says that whatever you ask the Father in my name, God will grant your prayer. Now, let me give you a caution before we go on. We all know that the name of Jesus is powerful. There's power, you know, what's the song? There's power in the name. We know that we are to pray in his name. Don't ever get carried away to the point where you get arrogant about it. And, and I see this a lot on TV with televangelists. They, they, they act like God is waiting, them for, waiting for them to tell him what to do. Again, that's not the way God works. That's pride. That's not humility. Talking with God is always a humbling experience and has nothing to do with our will. Being in God's presence when you pray is what? It's a blessing, right? It's, it's that feeling. You know, it's that, it's that butterflies in the stomach and sometimes the hair on the back of your neck stands on end. And, and sometimes you just go in there and you just feel good. It's all about God's will. Now, how do you pray God's will? Well, you pray God's will by reading his word. And let me give you an example I've used here before in looking for God's will. Micah 6, verse 8. Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That, in its simplest form, is God's will. When Jesus talked about helping widows and orphans and loving each other, it, that's all in there. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray your justice over this situation. Or, Lord, in the name of Jesus, show mercy to this person who is sick and heal them. Pray scripture. But where do I get the authority to pray scripture in Jesus' name? If you look at Matthew 10... It says, verse 5, Jesus sent out the 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. If you go to Luke 10, verse 16, he said to his disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. 
When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Imagine that. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Now, he didn't tell the disciples to go and ask the Father or to ask him to do these things. He did what? He gave them the authority to the disciples, to them, to do it in his name. Do we have that authority? Yeah. Now, I know we have the habit of praying in the name of Jesus, and sometimes I don't think we really understand the meaning of that. That, that authority is a legal term. It's, it's power of attorney. How many of you have power of attorney for your parents or your loved ones? Or, yeah. I've, I've had it for two people that have passed now. What does that give you the authority to do? Yeah. In their name. Gives you the authority to do pretty much everything in their name. Jesus gave us that authority. Those scriptures. There are more if you want to look them up. But he gave us the authority to do that. That's powerful. Sometimes I don't think I un we understand how powerful that is. How much power we've been given. God has given us the power to work his will. That's important. His will in this world. Not Gil's will. My wife often teases me. She says, Gil, God, three letters starts with a G. You get confused sometimes. <laughs> and she's right. I think we all get confused sometimes. But when you pray, you're entering God's temple covered by what? The blood of Jesus, right? To petition God for something. You're not worthy to be there. I mean, trust me, none of us are worthy to be there. The only reason you're there with your prayer, with your petition, is through the blood of Jesus, by that power of attorney. God listens to us because the blood of Jesus. And I know it's not popular today to talk about the blood of Jesus, but trust me, it's there for a reason. So when you pray, go straight to God in the name of Jesus. Don't let the enemy talk you out of your power. You're not worthy. You can't do that. Who are you to stand before God and ask him for anything? Don't stop praying until you win. Go back to John 16, 23, 24. Ask and you will receive. We're going to be done early. Praise the Lord. Um, above all, don't quit. Now, if you continue to press in with God, with your prayer, in spite of it maybe not being answered, you're not going to lose your faith. Who, who loses faith? People who do what? Give up, right? Give up, walk away. Um, you know, God didn't answer this prayer, so he's not going to do anything for me, so... You've got to continue to press in. And God's going to give you an answer. You may not always like the answer. When I was first asked to speak years ago, I was told to pray about it. So I prayed, Lord, I don't want to do this. 
You know. I didn't like the answer he had for me. And his answer basically was, when your pastor asks you to do something, you do it. That's gotten me into a lot of trouble over the years because pastors will ask you to do some strange things. Won't they, Pastor Tim? Uh, you may not always like the answer, but your faith is going to get stronger as you work your way through the situation with God. Now, I, I'll give you a little personal story. I've prayed for my wife now for over 30 years. She is an awesome lady. She loves God. She loves you guys. She wishes she could be here. She can't. I've prayed her through addiction, with her through addictions, healthcare crisis, loss of jobs, estrangement from kids, everything. You all know those things. You've all been through them, right? As I look back, what do I see? I see God moving in my life and in hers. Not always the way we wanted. Many of those prayers have been answered and some we're still working on. Now her doctors tell me her disease is terminal. Okay, so some things still look bleak. But am I gonna stop praying? Not until God takes her home. And that's the way all you should feel about things like that, you know? You keep on praying, you don't stop, you don't give up. Just because something doesn't happen, don't give up. Just because something horrible happens to you while you're praying for something else, don't give up. Scripture tells us to keep praying. If you only take one thing away today, take don't ever stop praying. You want to be with God. And, and I'll tell you that when you, when you hit that point where you're praying every day and you're praying consistently in the same place, and you get there one day and God shows up to meet you, boy, that's an awesome feeling. My, my wife used to say, that's when it's just me and God. She'd come here in, during the worship service and every once in a while it would just hit her and it'd be just her and God and she didn't care what y'all thought about what she was doing. She might be kneeling in the aisle, she might be flat out in the aisle, she might be up here at the altar. But that's, that's that feeling. And I, and I pray sincerely that every one of you get to the point where you can get there. Because it is awesome. And the first time God answers your prayer, you know, Pastor Jeff always says when, when you come to Jesus early on, it seems like God answers your prayer. Boom, 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 boom. And then as you get older in the faith, you know, it doesn't happen quite with that regularity. But it still happens. You know, is he, is he building your faith? Sure he is. Is he testing you? Sure he is. But, but he never stops loving you, and he never stops wanting to grant your prayers. Okay, we're done. Don't tell Pastor Jeff. It's okay, he finishes up early sometimes too. Next week, we're going to continue on this. Next week is going to be longer, so bring your ditty bag. Um. And let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that you're an awesome God. We thank you that you love us so much that you would allow us to enter your temple through your son Jesus to pray to you. We thank you that, we thank you for this mystery, Lord. You and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, all working together 
for one thing, for us to have that relationship with you that you so desire. Lord, be with us this week. Let us have the courage to speak Jesus to people. Let us have the courage to keep on praying for the things that we need and for the people that touch our lives. And bless us as we go out today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.